Do you like U.S. military history, especially stories about our veterans? If you answered yes, then I know you'll enjoy Duty and Valor. Hi, I'm Wayne Marks, and each week I'll tell you the amazing stories of heroes who pushed away their fears and showed true valor on the battlefield. And although their stories are different, the common trait they all share is that they all serve with pride and lived with humility. And I'm honored to tell you their stories. Welcome back, everyone. On this episode of Duty and Valor, you'll hear the story of a man who dropped out of high school to fight in World War II. A man who flew nearly every jet that was in service during his time in the military. A man who survived an aircraft crash just to be captured and held as a POW for over five years. This is the story of Medal of Honor recipient U.S. Air Force Colonel George Day. Born on February 24, 1925, to parents John and Christine Day of Sioux City, Iowa, George, who would go by Bud, was the second of two children. The family was a hard-working one, but they struggled and lived in the poorest part of Sioux City. While George was still in high school, the U.S. had entered World War II, and he wanted to enlist. He dropped out of high school at the age of 17 and received two waivers to enlist, one for his age and the other due to being underweight. On December 10, 1942, he enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps. While in the Corps, he was sent to Johnson Island in the North Pacific, where he was part of a gun battery of the 3rd Defense Battalion. He served there for 30 months and was discharged in November 1945. The following year, George joined the Army Reserve while he was attending college and received his law degree from the University of South Dakota. In May of 1950, he received his commission into the newly formed United States Air Force, which was formerly part of the U.S. Army Air Corps until 1947. He was a member of the Iowa Air National Guard until being called onto active duty in March of 1951. He was sent to Webb Air Force Base in Texas, where he received his pilot's wings. In February 1953, George was seated in the F-84 Thunderjet, part of the 559th Strategic Fighter Squadron in northern Japan, where they supported aerial operations during the Korean War. Following his two tours there, George was promoted to captain and was folded into the regular Air Force. He was then sent to the United Kingdom, where he was an F-100 Super Sabre pilot for the 55th Air Bomber Squadron at RAF Weathersfield from 1955 to 1959. While there, he was forced to bail out of his F-100. His chute failed to open properly and he crashed into a 30-foot pine tree, luckily slowing his fall. He became the first person to survive an incident where a chute failed to deploy properly after bailing from a jet plane. George was now a major and had over 4,500 out of 5,000 total flying hours in fighter jets. Though he was nearing retirement, Major Day volunteered for service in Vietnam. There he was a member of the 31st Tactical Fighter Wing. In 1967, he was given command of Detachment 1 of the 416th Tactical Fighter Squadron, 37th Tactical Fighter Wing at Phuket Air Base. Members of this top-secret unit were volunteers, but they had to meet strict requirements to join. His detachment flew four 2C F-100Fs, which were to be utilized as forward air control aircraft. On August 26, 1967, Major Day was in his F-100F with the call sign Misty-1 as a check pilot. He was observing Captain Corwin Kip Kippenham as part of his upgrade to aircraft commander. 
During this check flight, they were directing a flight of F-105 Thunder Chiefs on an airstrike against a surface-to-air missile site in North Vietnam. This was Major Day's 25th forward air control sortie out of the 65 he has flown to date during the war. During the mission, their aircraft was hit and crippled by a 37mm anti-aircraft round. The two men were forced to eject from the jet as it plunged to the ground. As he was ejecting, Major Day hit the plane's fuselage so hard that the impact broke his arm in three places, sprained his left knee, and injured an eye and his back. Captain Kippenham was eventually rescued by an Air Force rescue helicopter, but Major Day was not able to contact anyone with his survival radio, and it didn't take long before he was captured by North Vietnamese militia. He was taken to an underground shelter where he was stripped of his boots and flight suit. Now without proper clothing and badly injured, his captors felt that Major Day was no threat to escape. But on the night of the fifth day of his confinement, he proved them wrong he was able to sneak away under the cover of darkness. When his plane went down, Major Day was approximately 35 miles north of the DMZ that separated North and South Vietnam. Over 10 grueling days, surviving by eating just fruit and uncooked frogs, he made his way south. During his trek, he was further injured when a bomb detonated dangerously close to him. After making his way across the Ben Hai River in South Vietnam, only two miles from a Marine Corps base, He was spotted by North Vietnamese soldiers and shot in his left thigh and hand. He was recaptured and sent back to his original captors who tortured him for escaping. During their retribution, they broke his arm again. He was later sent to the infamous Hanoi Hilton. He was offered no medical care and his injuries were left untreated. While there, he shared a small cell with future Senator John McCain. Both men were continually tortured and starved. Another POW, Major Norris Overly, treated both men and nursed them back to health. It was also reported that McCain would later make a splint out of bamboo for Major Day's severely injured arm. While confined at the Hanoi Hilton, Major Day had a reputation of steadfast resistance and defiance. This led to his move to the punishment camp called the Zoo. In one instance, POWs had gathered for a religious service, which was strictly forbidden. The guards were armed with rifles and burst into the room. Major Day stood in front of them and stared them down hard before he began to sing the Star-Spangled Banner as a form of protest. James Stockdale, another POW in that room whose story I covered in a previous episode, stood up and joined in the singing. During his five-year and seven-month confinement, Major Day was continually beaten and deprived of food. His wounds never healed properly, and he had lost over 100 pounds by the time he was released on March 14, 1973. Three days later, he was reunited with his wife Doris and four children, Stephen, George Jr., Sandra, and Sonia. During his confinement, he was promoted twice, and in March 1976, President Ford bestowed the Medal of Honor upon Colonel George Bud Day. He would go on to retire in December 1977 after he was passed over for promotion to Brigadier General. During his career that spanned 35 years and three wars, Colonel Day had 8,000 flying hours in nearly every jet of the era. In addition to the Medal of Honor, his Distinguished Service saw him being awarded the Air Force Cross, Air Force Distinguished Service Medal, and the Silver Star among 70 he earned, 50 of which were combat-related. After retirement, Colonel Day used his law degree to help ensure veterans receive the benefits that they were entitled to. 
1991, he wrote a book titled Return with Honor, which told of his time during confinement. And in 2002, he released a second book, Duty, Honor, Country, which also included his years after the Vietnam War. The severity of the injuries he received during the crash and subsequent years of torture meant he suffered greatly for the rest of his life. Colonel Day passed away on July 27, 2013 in Shalimar, Florida, and he is buried at the Naval Air Station Pensacola. On June 8, 2018, he was posthumously promoted to Brigadier General. George Day's life embodies the indomitable spirit of courage and resilience that defines true heroism. From his early days in the Marine Corps to his remarkable service as a pilot during the Vietnam War, Day displayed an unwavering commitment to duty and honor. Captured and subjected to unimaginable hardships as a POW, he emerged as a beacon of hope and leadership among his fellow captives, embodying the virtues of strength and camaraderie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Duty and Valor. If you have not done so already, I kindly ask that you leave a review and follow us wherever you're listening, as this small act helps us reach a wider audience. For those interested in learning more about Colonel George Day, I've provided links to the sources used in today's episode in the show notes and on our website, dutyandvalor.com. Don't forget to join us for our next episode, where I'll tell you the story of another true American hero 